2021 is the year of the creator. But how can you create something that gets people excited and positions you as a leader in your market when everything seems to be already existing? Join me in this special episode when Kia Abrera and I chat about the power of clarity and the importance of self-truth. Let's tune in. Hi, I'm Kirsten Hewer and you are listening to the Authentic Branding Podcast, your place to get inspired to build a thriving brand by leading with your heart and standing up for what you believe in. It's time to stop overthinking, staying hidden and waiting for the perfect moment. Our world needs more heart-centered leaders and now is your time to shine. Are you ready to say no to outdated marketing tactics and yes to authentically leaning into who you are so you can show up with joy and unstoppable confidence and build your brand from a place of abundance and alignment? This podcast will show you how. Hi, Kia. Hi. Hi. Good. Hi. Evening, morning, wherever we are right now in the world. <laughs> I love how we are all connected uh, through the absolutely. world. I, yeah, absolutely. This is so cool. Um, I'm super excited because um, for everyone who's joining us today, I've been following Kia for a while already. And I, when I um, was following her on Instagram, I thought I need her on our brand cast. So I'm super excited. She said yes. <laughs> um, so, and why I'm so excited is because um, Kia is um, a brand strategist like, like I am, but she is focusing on video to, to really capture authenticity. And maybe Kia, you would like to say a few words to in introduce yourself before we just dive in. Yeah, so uh, as you did mention, I am a brand strategist for video creators. Um, I do have a company called Braveworks Inc., which is more focused on social impact marketing. So videos are still our weapon of choice there, um, just because we have been in the video industry for more than 15, almost 20 years now. Um, and then when we created our company, Braveworks Inc., um, we decided to really niche down uh, because we found that it's really what gave us joy, number one. And the second, and probably more important is that it's something that has given a lot of impact to a lot of people, to cities, to, you know, different, um, organizations. So, um, that's where we focused on. And then I have a personal brand that focuses, um, on helping more personal brands, um, translate their authentic self and authentic brands and businesses on video. Awesome. And I'm all about this. <laughs> um, I believe like authenticity is so important because um, when we want to create a standout brand and everything is um, comparable, like the only thing where we can really stand out is by being ourselves and being true to ourselves. And um, let's uh, dive into uh, today's topic and um, wake the creative within and how to create a standout brand in a world that where everything already exists. Um, and you you say, be brave, create. And yeah. I think a lot of people think, well, I'm not really sure if I'm creative, but um, can you explain to us like, what do you mean? Like, why do we have to be brave to, to create? Yeah, so this has been a long time kind of advocacy and belief and a really, really deep anchor of ours. It's not just mine, it's my husband and I, when we created our business, it's really, um, it's, it's kind of a culmination of our more than 30 years combined uh, experience in the advertising and marketing in, in the marketing industry. And it's something that we have noticed is that the more that our clients are afraid of, you know, trying something new and creating something new for an audience, they would rather, um, they would rather pursue a formula rather than do something new. Mm -hmm. And every single time that we would, you know, we would suggest something new 
for them to pursue in terms of, you know, creating a video or creating a new marketing campaign. They always want to play it safe. A lot of the clients always want to play it safe, but those who were bold enough and those who were brave enough to create something new, to create something that was authentic to who they were um, as a brand, as a business, as an individual, that's when there was a lot of significant impact that came out. So um, for us, we believe in the creativity, in the innate nature of creativity. It's, it's something that every single person, every single individual already has. Mm -hmm. um, but the problem is we are not brave enough to let that out. We don't let our own creative potentials out. So um, this idea was actually something that I, I understood a little bit more when I dove into design thinking. Um, and then I read this book called Creative Confidence by David Kelly. And it, it was one of my favorite books ever because that kind of, that, that explained everything about, and it also kind of validated validated everything that I believed in, in terms of creativity being innate and, the, and then just, you know, people just have to be brave and be confident about what they could create. Mm -hmm. um, so, so what do you think is, is the problem right now? Um, I mean, I'm an entrepreneur for, I don't know. Um, I don't even know if I can say that um, uh, more than, uh 15 years at least and mm -hmm. so so what i and i i am full of ideas and i think like my, my husband and i who's also my my partner in business mm -hmm. like we come up with i don't know 20 ideas per day and not many see the daylight um but i, I think what i see oftentimes is we we have this bold idea at night and then mm -hmm. we are thinking it through and we can't sleep in the morning we get up and then once we have a draft ready and everything we think oh is this good and then we start looking online you know maybe just you know the daily screen the social media and then we see others and we think wait wait a second can i really do this is she better maybe or i don't know and then these great ideas they just disappear again so so what what do you think like what can we do or what can people do to just you know like take this brave idea and create something that is really worthwhile sharing yeah you know something that i learned in like i'm I've been an entrepreneur for about six years, so I have less experience than you when it comes to entrepreneurship. Um, but I, I think in terms of bravery, and I mean, a lot of people, you know, tell you to be brave, but not a lot of people tell you how to be brave. Mm -hmm. So I, I think for me, one of the things that I have learned, you know, in the past how many years of being in this industry is to look for your next doable step. Mm -hmm. and this is something that the next doable step is very powerful because it's what, this is something that I just recently uh, got from Adam Grant and he, he was telling people about the power of progress. And the reason why we don't, um, the reason why we don't um, execute our ideas, the reason why we don't plan them out is because we are so intimidated by it sometimes. If it's like, if it's a really bold and brave idea, we get so intimidated by it that at a certain point when you're about to execute something, you find an excuse not to because your brain goes into defense mode. And I also read uh, somewhere else, uh, I think it was, um, it was Brianna Weist where I read it. Um, she said that the way that our brain comprehends fear um, or, well, our brain responds with fear when we are about to be, we're about to step into the unknown. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is our brain actually only comprehends what it has gone through in the past. So 
if it's something new and it's something that our brain, our minds are not familiar with, the defense mode is fear. So it signals us that, hey, this is something new. This is something that we don't know yet. Therefore, we should really, really be thinking about this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's usually our defense mode. And for me, um, one of the ways that I try to battle through that fear or that defense mode is to start small, to risk small, and then after you go through that first hurdle, do the next doable step. And then after that, go to the next doable step. And one of the things that I've learned about this is instead of taking that one big giant leap, you're actually learning so much more along the way with these smaller, doable, more digestible steps. Mm -hmm. So you're being brave, but at the same time, you're trying to be a little practical about it. You know? Yeah, so, yeah. So you don't, you're not being careless about anything, or at least you're, you're trying not to be careless about it. But at the same time, you know, it, it's like, it's like this. If I'm, for example, if I'm a single mother of three and there's this coaching program that's worth $5,000. And in order to get to that $5,000, I don't just jump in. I look at what I can do to earn a little extra just so I don't jump into $5,000 going into debt, sacrificing my kid's food on the table, sacrificing my kid's tuition fee, sacrificing, you know, uh, medical bills for someone who's in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that intimidates us. When we look at these big goals, we look at these big numbers, it intimidates us because we don't look at our immediate environment first and then going through those hurdles first before going into the next step and then going into the next step before we actually get to that point where we can spend $5,000 for a coaching program, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, in terms of creating something, when we say, I want to create, you know, an eight figure business, we get so intimidated by it that we start producing all of these different ideas on how to get there. But what we're not looking at is what's immediately in front of us. What is the available resource that's in front of us? What can we do that's not going to compromise us in a huge way? but can give us that progress mm -hmm. towards that goal. So um, that is it. That's the, that's the power of the next doable step. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this is really, um, really helpful. And um, as you said, um, like I went through, through Jim Fortin's um, TCP program where he really explains um, the be-do-have model. So who do you have to be? in order to, to achieve those things that you want to have. So rather than um, saying, okay, I, I don't have this, so therefore I can't do the other way around, like who am I and who do I, uh, do I need to be in order to create those things that I want to have? And uh, I think this is so powerful, but also, as you said, it's, it's such like for our brain who is really trained to just in, react in fear and to protect us. Um, I also heard like a really good, um, in a podcast, also Jim Swartons, I think, um, where he said like your brain needs, um, needs a job. So when your brain um, realizes there's fear, we need to thank it. You say, thank you, brain, that you say that. But um, now let's use the power of my mind to go and create this business or um, go after the things that I want. So um, so like in terms of um, being really practical, Kia, so what does like um, creativity, like what does it really mean when we for example in a day-to-day -day business like when we create a video because i think most people think of creativity in terms of um you know only artists can be creative or um 
I don't know, only graphic designer can be creative. I'm not creative. I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm an accountant or a coach or a consultant. I'm not creative. So, um, so how can this, how can we like in our daily life, like um, enhance this creativity to really get to where we want to be? Yeah, you know, I, I think we, the reason why I love this program is because it always banks on people's authenticity. And I believe in people's unique brand of creativity. If you're an accountant, you're creative with numbers. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, you're a mathematician, you're creative with numbers. You're a scientist, you're, you're, you're creative with chemistry and you get creative, you know, if you're, if you're a medical doctor, you get creative with the way that you solve people's problems. You solve people's diagnoses with, um, with treatments and navigating your way around a problem. And for me, um, creativity is simply your ability to solve a problem, Mm -hmm. you know? So if, if, if you can solve a problem, you can create a solution for a problem, you are creative. So I think a lot of people think of creativity as this like divine gift, <laughs> but it's actually, it's, it's a gift. Yes. But it's a gift that's already in us. It's just that we have different ways of utilizing it in our day-to-day lives. So, you know, like, like we previously mentioned, if you're an accountant and you know how you know your way with numbers, you know, you know how to calculate stuff in a way that, you know, tells your client that, hey, you know what, you need to stop spending too much on this so that you can save up for this. And this, you know, these n- you you need to be able to do this in order for you to not get shocked by your taxes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when you're able to help people manage their finances, if you, you're able to help businesses manage their finances and making sure that they have cash flow and all of these things, you know how to troubleshoot your way um, and navigate your way towards solving problems and challenges for the people that you help. You are creative. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's I think that's something that we have to debunk um, the the reasoning of you know I'm not creative I'm in this field I'm you know it's it's not needed in my everyday life and most of the people who say that it's not needed in my everyday life they're actually people who create a lot every day <laughs> so <laughs> ironically. So uh, I think this is something that we have to redefine, um, something that uh, it's a message that we have to spread that, you know, um, you can't be brave about your creativity if in the first place you're not acknowledging that you are creative. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that, that's so true. Like um, I also believe like everyone is creative. And I I also think that um, we just, um we just have been told for whatever reason that only artists or people that can maybe write they are creative or uh, or draw while like create like we all are creators so this is why we are here and um i like i think the question is how can we awaken this like how can we help um other entrepreneurs to really trust this because as you said, like we all are creative and we have those ideas, but um, then we get in this comparison mode. And I think we need to find out um, what is it really that I stand for and what do I believe in? And I think mm-hmm. from this standpoint, when we really trust ourselves, I think we can, it's easier to create and be creative. So yeah. you, you, ju- you just mentioned this example where, where people like they want to follow a formula. And right now, I think it's really popular to have, you know, people are looking for, for formulas to uh, create a marketing funnel or to create a website. They want to have it easy. They want to have something, take it, and then just go ahead and sell a lot of stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I want to hear your thoughts about this. I mean, a formula is great, but you just mentioned in the beginning, um, 
like once once your your clients they they were bold enough to try something new that is when they were successful so yeah. so how can we help or like maybe have some advice like how can we help other entrepreneurs to go that route and not just take a formula from someone that they found but not but they maybe not even know if this formula works <laughs> yeah yeah you know what when it comes to formula when it comes to templates and when it comes to all of these pre-made things i don't have anything against using those but if you're going to use the there's um there's a difference between having a basis and copying and pasting things so if you're looking at this, you know, the, the, this program, this coaching program, well, I have this formula that's going to give you, you know, 10,000 leads in three days. I don't know. So <laughs> this strategy might have worked for this entrepreneur, but without a clear understanding of your business, without a clear understanding of who you are as a person, without a clear understanding of who you are authentically as a brand, you're not even going to be sure how this strategy can apply to you. So, you know, the word strategy, it always gets thrown around like very loosely, but there's a very, you know, there's something very detailed about strategy that we're not, you know, we're not really thinking about. So every time you know, I, <laughs> this is going to be weird, but every time I see a coach, you know, telling people that, you know, this strategy has worked for me and it's going to work for you hundred percent guaranteed. Like I would cringe every time I would see something like that, because first and foremost, how can you be sure that a strategy is going to work on me? If you have no idea what my business is, if you have no idea what, you know, authentically my business is. And that's very important. The clarity of your business, the clarity of your brand is very important because your, your authenticity is not going to have anything to anchor on if you're not clear in the first place who you are. So the clarity, Chris Doe, one of my mentors, he said, um, clarity is what people pay for the design is the souvenir mm, and i love yeah. that because a lot of people are like why do i have to pay for a strategy session with you why do i have to pay to plan something but really what happens is that when you get clear your audience gets clear when you get clear your products your offering your transformation all of these things it's like the gateway that opens up all of these opportunities for you. When you niche down and you're, you're, you're very clear with who you are and who you serve. And one of the things also that I would suggest people do apart from, you know, who they are, what they stand for, is to be very clear about what they stand against. Yes. So, you know, if you don't agree with something, like something that I just told you is, I don't always agree with coaches who said that this one strategy is, you know, it's a one size fits all, you know, this is something that I have done. Therefore, when you do it, you're going to succeed too. So it's not, you know, it's not a copy paste kind of thing. So that's, uh, that's one thing for me is, um, one way, one very specific and tangible way for you to be brave and to create is to get clear first and foremost, to get clear about who you are, to get clear about what you stand for, what you stand against, to get clear about who you serve and to get clear about how you serve mm -hmm. those four things. So, you know, that's something, I mean, if people can write that down and it doesn't have to be necessarily, you know, something that's absolutely 100% original because nothing is 100% original in this world. And the way that we innovate is that we actually build on ideas. We build on existing ideas. And 
the reason why, you know, there, there's what we call innovations is that people were brave enough to build on an existing idea. So, uh, for, for example, you know, YouTube became successful when it launched in 2005. This is, and this is something that I read, uh, somewhere, um, if YouTube had launched in 1995, it wouldn't have been as successful, you know, because YouTube was actually just building on top of every other idea that has already existed. The idea of the internet did not exist back then. The idea of us, you know, searching online for videos, it wasn't something that existed back then. You know, when Google came out, then YouTube came out, right? It means that people already understood that it's possible for you to search something and then get an answer. And then yeah. YouTube built on top of that by saying, you know what? People can search, but they can get videos as results. You know, and then yeah. what if we do this? And then social media, the, you know, the advent of social media, it was like, I think in my time, it was like Friendster, MySpace, you know, and then Facebook built on top of these ideas. And then we have Instagram and then we had TikTok, you know. So all of these innovative ideas are actually just something that, we, we, you know, it's something where people ask, how can we make this better? What is it that our, you know, that consumers need? What is it that consumers are, are looking for that we can give based on what's already available? Again, it's the next doable step. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Building on top of ideas. That's, that's really it. So if, if you're, in order for you to be brave about an idea and you want to validate it first, you don't even have to look at the competition just yet. And you don't have to base entirely on the competition. The competition is there in order for you to nail your positioning. In, it's in order for you to see who you are relative to the other things that people consume that's mm -hmm. similar to you, right? So... The competition is there for you to understand your positioning, but in order for you to understand your niche, to have, you know, something that you can offer on the table, the only people that you actually only need to listen to is your audience. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So you, you listen to them, you find out what they need. What can you offer them that makes their lives easier? Yeah. And this is life... exactly... yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, this is exactly where, where the creativity comes in. Like, right. like, like looking at what is already there and what mm -hmm. can I add? Like, what am I really good at? And what can I add to, to what is not there yet? And yeah. looking and seeing um, where are the needs? Like, where are those things that other people are lacking? Where's the gap? And then using my own creativity by filling this gap. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, I really like this concept of self-truth, you know, um, because when it comes to finding a niche, a lot of people are very intimidated by finding a niche. They're very worried. Uh, people are not brave enough to find to niche down because they think that it's going to narrow down their market. Um, but I like the idea of self-truth when it comes to finding a niche. It's because a lot of people might be in the same niche, a lot of people might be in the same, you know, they might have the same self-truth. Mm -hmm. But to me, the way that you become unique and the way that you stand out um, in terms of, you know, your brand, your business, is that you have a different journey. You have a different path as to how you got to this self-truth. How did you get into this niche? How did you get into serving this, you know, these people? I mean, in my case, I'm a video marketing strategist. There's a lot of video marketing strategists in the multiverse. <laughs> multiverse. <laughs> and then, but the way that I arrived here, why videos are my weapon of choice, my reasoning, my journey is always going to be different from another video marketing strategies. And they might have 
you know, different ways of tackling things than me. And the reason why people hire me is because they resonate with who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my advocacy of brave creativity is there. There's probably other people who have the same advocacy, but the way that they arrived there is different from how I arrived here. And yeah. all the experiences, the thoughts, the perspectives that I have is always going to be unique compared to another person who might be in the same field or have the same, you know, have the same advocacies, but they have different unique experiences. That's theirs alone. Absolutely. And um, I so I'm so aligned with you on that. Um, because I I believe that people not only want to work with us because of what we do, but because of who we are and what we stand for. Like you could be the best videographer in the world if I don't align with your values or things that you might have done or said, I would probably look for someone else. Um, yeah, and, and I don't care how good you are, but if this is not aligned with, with, with what I stand for, then I wouldn't do it. But if, yeah. if like, there are people that I follow, um, I would just, I just want, want to get in their program just because I, I just love what they put out. And I, I, I thought, I don't care what you put out. I want to be in it. <laughs> yeah. 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 This is, uh, it's interesting, actually, that you said that because I was thinking about this um, this concept of the, uh, a thousand through a thousand true fans, and uh, it, it basically posits that you don't have to have a million followers, ten thousand followers. You don't even you, you don't have to have that much um, in order for you to you know create something that's gonna earn that's gonna earn for you create something that's going to impact a lot of people uh, because you only actually need a, th a thousand true fans mm -hmm. that every single thing that you're going to put out, they're going to be an absolute fan of, and they're going to be like, come on, give it to me, give it, give it to me now. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Exactly. So you only need a thousand true fans. And I think, um, connecting it with, you know, waking the creative within and just being brave and creating, it's just that, um, especially in the age of instant gratification, in the age of, you know, followers and likes and engagement, um, a lot of people think that when they create something, uh, people, you know, other people like, you know, millions or hundreds of thousands of people have to follow it right away, you know? it becomes less intimidating if you think about the 1,000 true fans. Mm -hmm. I don't need to speak to every single one. My thing doesn't have to affect every single one of you. It doesn't have to speak to every person. It doesn't have to resonate with every person. I don't have to please everyone. I only need to please and I only need to serve this specific group of people. Mm -hmm. If I'm very clear on this specific group of people that I want to serve, I'm good. Yeah. Because I'm affecting them in a in a beautiful way, you know, one inch wide, one mile deep. Mm -hmm. So I'm that is something that I have learned also in the process. So one of my students in my program, she actually asked me, um, you know, and she said, you know, she there was a disclaimer. She said she didn't want to be rude. Um, but I actually answered it before she had the chance to ask it. Um, I was telling them about the one, the, the 1,000 true fans. And she said, you know, Kia, I was actually going to ask you about that, but I didn't want to come off as rude. And she said, you know, you're, you're helping all of these other people, you know, get 100,000 in followers, 200,000 in, in followers in a matter in a span of like two to four months. Um, but you, you, you know, your Instagram has less than 2000 followers. And then, uh, on TikTok, you have less than 20,000 followers. Then, you know, why are you, why are you teaching these or how are you able to get results for these people, but not for you? Mm. So it's a legitimate question. 
And that's what I answered. You know, it's the concept of 1,000 true fans because I don't need to be speaking to everyone. I have my unique perspectives that maybe not a lot of people resonate with. And that's okay with me. It's because I only need to speak to these specific group of people, the people who resonate with me, the people who are aligned with what I what I talk about, what I what I stand for and what I stand against. And I'm okay with that. You know, I don't always look for, you know, the thousands and millions of follower growth if these people are not exactly resonating with me. Yeah. And, and then you know, yeah, totally. It doesn't, and then it doesn't matter if you have a hundred thousand followers. If they don't buy from you because they don't resonate a hundred percent with you, then yeah, okay. yeah. And you can't give them what they need. So it's very important for you to understand that if you have something that people need, people are going to pay for it. People are going to follow. People are going to subscribe. You know, it doesn't matter if you have like twelve. 13, 14, 15 subscribers on YouTube. If you're in a dinner table and 15 people are willing to listen to what you have to say, that's a good thing. And the important thing is, and this is something that um, that it's, it's impor very important for people to note, is that I'm not telling you to stay at 15 people. You know, you always have to think in terms of growth. How can I grow this as well? But you're also, you know, you're, you're kind of striking that balance between growing wide and growing deep. So how do you nurture the audience that you already have? How do you serve them? How do you nurture the customers that you already have? And how do you also grow and scale? How do you attract other people to your movement? Mm -hmm. You know, how do you, yeah. So yeah. there you go. So, so um, I want to, to, I think this is, this is perfect because I wanted to touch base a little bit on video because this is like your, right. your specialty. Um, so how do you use video? Like what, what, um, what role does read, does, does video play in, in this whole concept of um, really reaching my, my target audience? Is it really like, um, I know there's a lot of hype right now. I, I know like Instagram like is going into video and it feels like mm -hmm. everyone is doing only video. Like um, like uh, how can how can people get into that? And are there is it really like are there like easy steps to be creative? I heard um, like if you look at TikTok, I mean these entrepreneurs and on TikTok, they are super creative and it looks like, you know, you, you just need your phone and you just, you just do it. Yeah. Like, um, like what are like simple steps for people to get creative with, with video so that they can really attract the, the right um, people that um, need to listen to, to what they have to say. All right. Well, first let's establish how awesome video is these days. Um, because in 2019, uh, this is according to HubSpot, we saw the rise of personal videos. Personal videos meaning like you don't have to have the huge production. You don't have to have the huge budgets for you to have a video that resonates with people and entices people to buy. So it shaped the future of marketing. Um, personalized video. That's what we saw in 2019. In 2020, it became the rise of the webinar because, you know, we hit a pandemic. It yeah. became the rise of the webinar. People are in Zoom. People are, are, are going into the education knowledge economy. And now in 2021, it's actually the year of the creative economy. Mm. Creator economy, sorry. Creator economy. What, what do you mean with that? Creator economy. It means that creators are on the rise. Video creators, content creators. Basically, you know, if you're online and you can entice people to watch you and you can influence people to watch you, you can influence people to buy or, you know, get a call to action and get people to follow what you're doing. That's the age where we're in right now, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah. So 
the video plays video plays a huge part of this because you know that's one of the number one reasons why uh instagram went into video it's because it's not because the algorithm said so and a lot of people went into panic when this happened and they're like instagram's algorithm sucks you know we don't want to be slaves to the algorithm you know there was a frenzy that happened in Instagram when when Adam Mossery said that, um, you know, the, the 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 focus on video. But we want to shift the perspective to saying that it's not the algorithm. The algorithm only measures what the audience is saying. It means that audiences are now looking into Instagram to be entertained by videos. So that's the thing. And I think a lot of people were Im intimidated by the word entertain because they associate entertain with dancing, mm -hmm. with pointing, with having a huge personality. It doesn't have to be that way. You know, on TikTok, there's a lot of people who just like, there's this one person that I'm following, I forget his name, that he's just like, he's staring in a monitor and he's reading something this is his camera over here and that's it like all of his videos legitimately are just like that and he's just speaking his thoughts on you know the usual stuff that people say the usual stuff that people do and then he debunks it that's it and he has like millions of followers and it doesn't so this is what we mean when we say your authentic self when you're authentic, the right people will find you entertaining. It doesn't matter what you do. They're going to find you entertaining. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it doesn't have to be, you know, you dancing or whatever and, you know, distorting your face. A lot of people. And, and in fact, if you're not someone who's into dancing, <laughs> if you're not someone who's into face distortions, and if you're not someone who's, you know, who's funny in nature or comedic in nature, and you try to be that, you're actually going to drive audiences away because you're <laughs> not being authentic. You know, suddenly it's like cringe. Why is he doing that? You know what I mean? So yeah. if you're doing something that's not authentic to you, you know, we, we live in an age where people are craving authenticity. Yeah. You know, but they, they need someone to, to, you know, they need someone to follow. Mm-hmm. And then without authenticity, uh, oftentimes people think um, I have to be vulnerable and mm -hmm. um, and show like like weak spots in my in my I don't know what I do, what I can't do, or even like behind the scenes of feeding dogs and cats. I think this is not really what yeah. attracts me and wants me to want to work with you. Like I think we need to dig deeper and find yes. out really who are we like what is our story why are we i mean as you said we don't have to dance around because it would be weird if we were to do yeah. it and we are it's not our thing to do so yeah yeah you know yeah. Uh, so when, when people look at you know this is the viral formula you know um the viral formula doesn't necessarily apply to everybody yeah and you i know? actually had um one of our um, brand intensive students she joined our program because she said kirsten i know you have worked with with corporate clients you have worked with with entrepreneurs you have worked with nonprofits. like you have a, a broad spectrum and you have been doing this all your life and you are you are not just an entrepreneur that has figured one thing out um because i i know that you have uh, an approach on how to do this. And if that doesn't work, there, there are a thousand different work uh, ways that work for me. So yeah. and I think this is this is really uh, also it like really listen, like, what, like, what do I need in order to, um, to be authentic and to, to, to build my brand? Uh, and yeah. not being just focused on okay i think i need an instagram strategy so i'm i'm think i'm i'm looking for someone that does that no like we need to look deep first and find out um what is it that makes me yeah. me and how yeah. can i then find a tool or a tactic and build my strategy around around who i am and what i want to achieve yeah. 
Yeah. And this is something that I also want to touch on when it comes to videos, because a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, now I need to buy a camera. I need to buy a microphone. I need to buy my lights and stuff like that. You know, um, this is something that I also tell my students that don't stress so much about the tools just yet, because that's what they are. They are tools mm -hmm. and tools are amplifiers. They can only amplify what's already there. So if you're confused yeah. about who you are, if you're not clear about who you are, the tools will only amplify the mess. Yeah. So, and, um, you're not, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I just, I, I was just going to say that if, if your message and your brand is not clear, no amount of high production tools is going to fix that. Uh, yeah, you are absolutely right. And and I think this is why why so many people are also successful on TikTok with specific videos that are really like obviously taken by, by you know, on the phone. Right. And people don't care because, uh, you know, I, I recently interviewed an attorney who I stoked on TikTok for a few uh, months. And um, I really found her so like refreshing her approach. And she was just um, very mindful about those things that she said that I thought, I don't know really what you do, but I started following her. And then suddenly I, I learned from her what is important about trademarks and everything. And I thought, oh, I, I, I really have to check her out. So, um, yeah, like you're right. Yeah. Like these are just tools. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, on TikTok, a lot of people go into, you know, five, six, seven million followers just by using their phone. And mm -hmm. a lot of people, I think also in, in video, let's address the elephant in the room, editing. A lot of people are intimidated <laughs> by editing and they're like, I, I want to get all of these transitions. I want to get all of these effects. But we have to understand first that editing is for you to make your video as cohesive as possible. That's the only, <laughs> that's the function of editing, the cohesion in the storytelling. Mm -hmm. And then the others, you know, the effects and all of these things, they're all amplifiers as well. Yeah. So for you to have a good video, you only really need two things. To split a clip or to trim a clip and to add text. That's it. <laughs> Just focus on those two things <laughs> and you can create a video. And TikTok, Instagram, CapCut is my personal favorite. It's all of these free tools have those functions. So you don't even need to, you know, pay how many dollars for, you know, Final Cut Pro or, mm -hmm. or stuff like that. I mean, if you're already in the business of content creation and video content creation, then that's the only time where I would suggest that you upgrade to these tools. Yeah. It's because you already have something to amplify. Mm -hmm. But if you're starting or if you're, you know, if you're someone who's just looking to influence using your phone, all of these free stuff, all of these free tools, they have what you need. And awesome. just stick with that. Yeah. And yeah. if you already have, you know, enough money to invest in an equipment, I would always suggest to not invest in a camera first. Oh. I would always suggest that people uh, invest in audio before camera. Oh. Because okay. audiences will watch, a, you know, crappy footage with good audio over good footage with crap audio. Yeah, you know what? I would not have thought about it, but now that you say it, um, yeah, totally. Because I, I just a video comes into mind where I thought, oh, this is good, but I can't really hear what he's saying. And then I, yeah. Then you lose them. You lose the audience, yeah. right? Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. So I, I just wanted to ask you for some some tech uh, um, advice, but you already said that. Um, awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You know what? This has been such a, a fantastic interview and chat with you about branding and creativity. Um, uh, before we come to an end, is there, I know you are, um, I think you are running a um, a program, a video uh, program? Is there anything that is coming up? Like where can people follow and find you and uh, maybe join your program? 
Uh, well, they can uh, find me on my socials over here. Wait, sorry. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. My socials <laughs> over here. Um, I am. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Facebook. Uh, I have a website. Um, I do have. I, I have an intensive that op only opens three times a year. Um, but we are actually coming up with a membership. Um, oh. It's going to be this coming October. We're just uh, laying out all of the final details. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be called the Brave Creators Content Mastery Lab. And then there's a, a deep tier there about creative business. So it's going to be the Business Mastery Lab. It's, it's mostly for creative businesses or creative entrepreneurs um, because that the, that's the experience that we have. So um, that's that's going to be coming out this October. And of course, if I could invite people <laughs> to come um, and check out my podcast, which is Be Brave Create. It's something that's uh, three weeks fresh. <laughs> yes. It's something that's just launched. So, you know, it's on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts and everywhere you can, you know, where, everywhere you listen <laughs> podcasts to. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Kia. And um, for everyone listening, I already uh, listened to all of those uh, four episodes that are out right now, and I love them. Like, you really, like, listen to Kia. She's very inspiring and um, helps you. you be brave and create. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate that, Kristen. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Kia, for joining me today. And um, yeah, for everyone listening, I hope uh, you enjoyed it as well. Uh, leave your comments in in uh, in the comment box, and we will answer anything and get uh, back to you. Thanks so much. Bye, Thank Kia. You. Bye. Hey, are you still there? <laughs> Awesome. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate a review. Only if it's a good one, though. <laughs> we release a new episode every week, so you might want to hit the subscribe button now to get notified. Are you ready to build your online brand? Then connect with us by following the link on this page. We can work together one-on-one -on -one, or you can join our small group program. Until next time, I'm your host, Kirsten Heuer.